You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you are challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas continues his series, A Tour Through John. Now looking at Lesson 36. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now here's today's teaching. Well, good morning. We're about three quarters of the way through our series. We finished the Gospel of John. And so we're going to look at some great memory passages from the second half of John. Then um, I will explain what will be happening in the next few days as we focus on the letters of John. So we begin in chapter 12 and verse 24. Of course, all of these passages are written out with the significance and the context um, in the notes that come with the podcast. But I realize that you're listening right now. In 1224, Jesus is speaking to Andrew, Philip, and the Greeks, those Greeks, those Gentiles who wanted to see Jesus. And that's where he says, and I'd actually never noticed that that is the context of this passage. Um, So it's a more of an international significance than many things Jesus says. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Well, the importance is is that this is the key to effectiveness, and it corresponds to the self-denial passages in Mark 8, Matthew 16, and Luke 9, where Jesus says, if anyone wants to come after me, he has to not deny himself and take up his cross. We don't have that verse in John, but we do have 1224, which is a uh, terrific passage, memorable and important. And it tells me that if I want to be effective, we need to have more of Jesus and less of me. And for that matter, this ties very nicely with one of the passages from the first section, which is 330. He must become greater. I must become lesser. In chapter 13, I've selected verses 34 and 35. Very familiar. Jesus is speaking to the 11 faithful apostles. And he says, I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I've loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Uh, I just noticed he says love one another three times. Well, what's the significance? This is the new commandment, as it's called. And it's one of the three explicit discipleship passages, along with John 8, 31, 32, and John 15, 8, or 15, 16. He actually uses the word disciple. And so we know this is really important. Then John 14, 6. Here, Jesus speaks to Thomas. And this is the sixth of the seven I am sayings. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the path to truth is a person. It's not a religion. It's not a list of doctrines. It's Jesus. Life is found in Christ, not an institution. And and even though this passage might uh, rub, say, um, a very... Uh, postmodern or millennial kind of think of the wrong way. If we unpack it correctly, we see that actually it goes the opposite direction. It points to a person, not just a list of, of truths. Great passage. Then we come to 15.1, which is the final of the seven I am statements. Here, Jesus is speaking to the 11, and he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. 
Our productivity, that is, depends on staying tied in to Jesus. A crucial passage. 1633, Jesus to the eleven. I have said this to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you face persecution, but take courage, I have conquered the world. The importance, well, this is the key to overcoming fear and anxiety and compromise. And I say compromise because the context of the passage, you remember, it talks about thlipsis, which is this crushing pressure, tribulation, persecution. That context is that we're going to be going against the stream. We're going to have opposition. We'll have opponents. And either we bend and give way and compromise and twist the faith into something more palatable, or we trust Jesus. And because he's overcome the world and he's cast out the evil one, the evil one has no power over us, we can be free of anxiety. Great passage. Then 1717. Jesus speaking to the Father. Jesus is praying. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. What's the significance? Well, the more we follow the word, the holier we become. Becoming Christ-like is directly linked to obeying his word. And Jesus knows. He knows that his followers need to be bound up in his word and needs to be part of their life. And I want to thank you even for listening to this series because I think that that same impulse is prompting you the truth is found in God's word, and that will transform us. It will sanctify us. 1836, Jesus to Pontius Pilate. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Well, this is a key passage showing the drastic difference between God's kingdom and the political, military kingdoms of the world. Pilate simply didn't get it. Uh, but if, if Jesus' kingdom was like earthly kingdoms, or if it were as many Christian denominations conceive of it, uh, Peter would have done nothing wrong in drawing his sword, and, and it, it would simply have been self-defense. 1912, the last one we had Jesus to Pilate. Here we have Pilate speaking to the Jews. So Jesus came out. Wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is the man. Obviously, the way they dressed him is mocking, and even Pilate seems to be mocking. This is the famous Ecce Homo passage, you know, behold the person. But it's a mockery of Jesus. Jesus, of course, um, does have the crown and a robe, so to speak, and a scepter, because he is king and he's ascended to the right hand the father. And so the mockery is somewhat ironic uh, because it actually, it's true that he's the king, but this was not the kind of king that anyone was expecting, not one that would suffer. They, they waited for the lion, not the lamb. 2028, Thomas speaks to Jesus. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Well, this is from that scene where Thomas is present, having missed the previous Sunday evening. And it emphasizes Jesus' deity. Jesus is God. I mean, this ties in with the whole theme of John, that the word became flesh. So it's Christ, not the Roman emperor who's divine. At the end of the first century, the emperors were starting to be called um, and demanding to be called uh, Lord and God. And it's Christ only that we should be in awe before.
And finally, 2121, where Peter speaks to Jesus. When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? The important is that we need to stay focused, not worried about the status of others. God will take care of them. Before we pray, I'm going to read the passages one more time. Um, and I hope that you'll join me in this commitment to memorize these 10 passages. Here it goes. 1224. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. 1334 to 35. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. 14.6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 15.1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. 16.33. I have said this to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you face persecution, but take courage. I have conquered the world. 1717. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. 1836. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. And 1912. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Here is the man. 2028. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. And 2121, when Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? Those are the passages. Let's write those on our hearts. It's healthy. It's good for us. It gives us extra strength, particularly in those uh, tired, dreary, sometimes uh, tempting times of the day, so that we can stay focused on Jesus. Uh, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you the way it's written, that we can understand it, we can embrace it, we can put it in our heart, we can have it ready in our lips. And I pray that that's what exactly uh, we, we will be doing with these great passages. And, and not to be just content learning 20 plus passages, but Lord, help us to learn hundreds of passages in your word. Father, thank you for the day before us. Help us to honor you, we pray in Christ. Okay, my friends, tomorrow... We're going to begin our study of the letters of John, and we'll begin with First and Second John, which address a misunderstanding, a false teaching, a heresy uh, that actually grew to be the number one hot issue in the second century church. So we'll be looking um, at the that that false system, and then beginning First John. And then the next day, we'll finish chapter one and so forth. So basically do about a chapter a day. Uh, stay with me. After we do the three letters of John, we'll have four or five days in the book of Revelation. And as promised at the end, we'll have a test, a diagnostic to see what you've learned. Thanks for being part of this. Till tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed Douglas's teaching on a tour through John. For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas's teaching ministry. Thanks again for listening.